So, um, I'm just going to riff. I don't know. Ty, feel, please feel free to jump I'm in gonna, and do that. I'll, I'll, I'll I have questions. Don't worry. Okay. Okay, great. Because I was like, I'll, I'll jump in on the riff. I'll, yeah. I'm I'm just, yeah, here we go. Welcome to Radical Listening, the Portland podcast where we talk to local artists about their work. I'm your host, Phil Johnson. And I'm your co-host, Clifton Holtznagel. Today on the show, we have Andrea Vernet and Kaihara Cozier. Andrea is a resident artist at Artist Repertory Theater and was most recently on stage in School Girls or the African Mean Girls play at Portland Center Stage. Tahera was most recently on stage at Portland Playhouse and Pipeline. We talked to them about a range of things from COVID to their processes and um, also how they're continuing their creative work during quarantine. I thought the conversation was really enjoyable. I thought it's really interesting to hear how quarantine has affected artists kind of um, in the middle of all of this, because there's there seems to be a spirit of wanting to create, but also wanting to just better this self. And uh, that really comes through in this interview. It was also interesting to chat with uh, two of the other people in our kind of age bracket who came here all within the last five, six years um, to pursue our craft a little more thoroughly. And it was uh, it was just really cool to hear more of a perspective from someone else. It just feels like there's a lot of us, you know, there's a lot of us who came here five or six years ago and spent our like early and mid twenties, um, like honing our craft in Portland. And a lot of us came here and then stayed. And, um, it was interesting to hear about why that was for everybody and kind of put a pinpoint on that. Exactly. Um, I also want to say before we get into the interview, um, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard us say that we, have established some new social media. So we have new social media now. Um, we have an Instagram that's Radical Listening Podcast. And then we have a Twitter that is R, the letter R, Listening Cast. So if you want to follow us and, and get the updates on the episodes, or we're hoping to start promoting people's work and, and kind of becoming a bulletin board, uh, definitely follow those two social medias. And also we want to accept headlines from listeners so if you email us at radical listening podcast at gmail.com we will look at your headlines we will ask our guests um about them and we'll mention you and give you a little shout out on the show as always you can find this episode and all episodes of radical listening on spotify apple podcasts google play and all sorts of other places where you can find wonderful podcasts all right, welcome to Radical Listening. We are back with our first episode. Uh, today we're talking with Andrea Vernet and Tahera Cozier. Um, Andrea, you're all the way in Florida. How are you doing today? I'm great, you know. Good. Miami is hot, and I like that. <laughs> How oh, hot? Good. good, good, good. Child, let me check the weather. So I'm not lying to you out here in these streets. 82 degrees. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's nice. And, and Ty, how are you? Oh, you know. Good. Another, <laughs> another day, another dollar. Hey. Actually, you making dollars? <laughs> yeah, another day, another another something. Something yeah. we getting. We getting some out of all of this. I yeah. love, I'm getting a lot of life learning experience. Yeah. yeah. Another day, another lesson. Yeah. Another yes. lesson. Yeah, it is. Ooh, child, that's mm, a word. Like that. <laughs> yeah, quarantine so, has really been day by day, let me tell you. Yeah. I uh I started a job six weeks before this. Uh, and then, like, now I've been doing that job from home, and I think longer now than I was when I was actually there. 
Oh, wow. Which is crazy. I bet. I've been working from home longer than I was when I was working at the school. So that's kind of wild. Um, yeah, but <laughs> quarantine's weird, man. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Are you back home with family, Drea? I am. So originally I came home. People were like, oh, did you go to Miami to escape the quarantine, to escape COVID? I was like, no. <laughs> I came down here. This is going to sound really morbid, but I mean, my grandma died. Um, uh-huh. And so I came down for a funeral and then just like shit just started turning up with COVID. And I was like, well, I'm going to stay here. You oh, know, wow, yeah. kind of broke. I ain't got to pay for food. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I just stayed. So you've been down there for a little while then? Oh, child, a month. It's been a month. It's been a month. Has it been a month? <laughs> it's been a month. Yeah, you've been gone Damn. for a minute. Yeah, I've been gone for a minute. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's like, when are you coming back? I'm like, yes. Coming I really back. don't know. <laughs> I'm coming back. Um, for sure, I think before my birthday, and that's June 28th. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not too far away. That's in the ballpark. Of These days, now. who knows, you know? Who knows? Ty, how about you? How's it been going for you? Um, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. I've discovered so much about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the last, because we've been, damn, yeah, we've been doing this for, t- I think I've been in quarantine for two months, um, at least with my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I'm still, gratefully, I'm still actively working. I actually think I'm busier now than yeah. um, in this one career. Without theater, I'm actually, this is the most time I've had, yeah. which has been great. So, I've been doing a lot of, like, internal reflection, healing on some shit, which has been tight. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been a day by day. I'm on an emotional roller coaster. Y'all. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm yeah. Up. When I'm up, I'm up. Yeah. And then I, when I'm down, I'm down. And then I'm up again. And then some shit happens. And then I'm down. And then yeah. I'm going back up because some positive wow. shit is happening. So I'm like, ah. And then I'm down. And, and it's, it's all like, at once. It's wild. Yeah. It's, true. it's like my neighborhood is crazy. There was people slap boxing in the street. Oh, yeah. Came, was like, keep it down. And then left. Ooh. Which was wild. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why? Who called the police? You knew they weren't going to do anything, guys. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to arrest anybody right now. That's awful. Heck like, no. why are we calling yeah. Right, right. Oh, God. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot are of you... that lately where you go out and you're just, like, seeing the most ridiculous things. Like, I feel like people... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say people are losing their minds, but I feel like people are definitely letting their freest self show. Like, I've also noticed this in, like, if you go grocery shopping, people are much more testy now. You know what I mean? Like, people are ready to fight, it seems like, all the time. On the same token, I... it, it really depends because some people are also like very, very like friendly and want to talk to you. And I've kind of been on that. I remember like the first week we were doing this, I went on a run up to Mount Tabor and someone was like, like just some like older lady was like, hey, nice shorts. And I'm like, thanks. Here's where I got them. <laughs> I just started this whole conversation with her because and she was like talking to me. It was like this whole back and forth. And we were like, oh, and I just like kept going. And I was like, that was very weird. I just like haven't talked to anyone new and at that point, like eight days or whatever. And so no, like, stay oh. away from her. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust her. I do not Don't trust her. her. No, no, that's super no, valid, though. Um, just, yeah. My best friend said she went to Walgreens and she literally just bought gum. And she's like her and like the lady like chopped it up for 30 minutes about this gum. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, yeah, like, anything to talk about. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's either, I feel like it's either one of those two things. It's either like you're finding new connections because you're craving like some type of human hi- interaction or yeah. you're going completely left and being fucking paranoid. Like, mm. yeah. 
Because sometimes I'll be up in my apartment, like, can't go outside. It's a war zone outside because yeah. I haven't been outside in, like, two and a half days. So mm-hmm. now I'm, like, I'm scared to go outside. So it's, yep. like, one of the – it's one of the extremes. And then I do go outside, and then I talk to a neighbor for, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. You know? right. do, are, Ty, are you, are, do you live alone? Are you, are you quarantined with anyone right now? I do live alone. I was quarantined with, like – so I have a quarantine buddy. I have two quarantine buddies, which is like my like friend Shawan mm-hmm. and then my friend Danielle. And then I've actually, as of like the last two weeks, I've started opening up my social circle again mm-hmm. to include more people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at first I was hella paranoid. I was like, nobody could come in here without like spraying everything down yeah. and like just like, yeah. um, and just being like really, just being really scared. Yeah. 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 Well, what about you guys? Are you guys quarantined? Are you? I don't know. I, I moved. These I moved uh, at the beginning of the month, right in the middle of all this, which was great. And uh, into it, I moved from one house with four roommates to another house with four roommates. So I felt like I've been with too many people already. Yeah. So I'm like really trying to keep it like low key in terms. Like Phil knows. Like I've seen him and Jake like twice this whole time. And I've gone and seen my partner once for like 15 minutes. And my other partner broke up with me like early into this. So it's been a, it's been a bit of a wild ride. But uh, it's also a great time to deal with the breakup because it's like nothing really changed. Ooh, so. child. <laughs> it's like, well, here I am still. It's not, not like it could be any different. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah. But then it's. But then now there's just so much fucking. It's all I do. I call it DTTN. I just dwell, think, and trip. I just oh, get wow. in my apartment and I just start dwelling and I start thinking uh, and I just start fucking tripping. Yeah, yeah. that's why yeah. I'm, I'm glad I live with people because like they, we talk a lot and I have people to just like process with and like you know. So yeah, I'm really feeling for people who are living alone right now and like yeah, gotta make sure you got your people. Yeah. We all got forced into like a vipassana. We were talking about that yesterday. <laughs> now it's like, a, it's like you stay meditation at home. Retreat. Right. Can you imagine the millions of people who are Americans who are at home who probably are now with their thoughts for the first time? You know, oh, what I mean? yeah. in a long yeah. time. They're they're bugging out. They're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm Give me a like, haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with my thoughts. Cut my hair. Oh my oh, god. god. So are you are y'all working on any projects right now? Did you have anything that got like um shut down because of this? Like any projects that you were about like really excited about doing that then like fell through? I was about uh, to be looking for Tiger Lily. Um, oh, yeah. and I was excited being able to like collaborate with, you know, some of those artists again. Mm. Uh Kaylee, um, some of the people that's in the show, I can't remember right now. Um, mm. but yeah, so that got shut down. So that kind of sucked. Um mm. also because of money. Um, so I was just like, Look. dang, I'm not gonna get paid. Right. So um yeah, so that's a project that I lost because of this. Ty, how about you? I have just finished a full season. I was working nonstop since like August. Mm-hmm. And then um and then yeah, and then like a lot of personal shit happened in between that. So I like I think this shit was a godsend. Like I think the universe was like <laughs> You need to sit your ass down. And, yep. um, <laughs> so, and then I have like a bunch of personal projects. Like, Phil, you know, like my whole journey with this podcast, right. and, like 
And then I've just completely like lost all, um, I've actually lost all motivation to be an artist right now. I just don't. <laughs> and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to force it either. Mm. Cause I think I just have like other things I need to focus on. Um, cause I like also do commercial real estate and property management. Um, <clears throat> and I really, and right now <laughs> business is kind of weirdly a booming, but not a booming because nobody can pay their rent. So yeah. it's like, mm. so, but there's just a lot of things going on with that too, that I want to put attention to, but um, yeah, so for right now, for me, I'm just in this awful cycle, which I, I can't wait to break. And uh, according to Governor Kate Brown, we won't have theater in Portland until September again at the earliest. Okay. So it looks like we have time. But right now I'm just trapped in that awful cycle as to like starting projects and not completing them, starting projects right. and then not completing them. Mm, so you know, I just yeah. need to pick a project that I can focus on. So that's what I need to do. I've found that with my creative process lately, like, I let myself off the hook for finishing anything because there's so much time that, like, I'll just, like, I, like, I did a whole treatment for a one-person Macbeth. I doubt that's going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I did the treatment and I filmed a few scenes. You know what I mean? And then I was, like, off to something else, you know? And it was, like, okay, I think it's all going to, like, build somewhere. You know what I mean? And it's because there's so much time now. I, I honestly, I'll, I'll have like a day or two at a time where I get creative and then just like not. But I'm also like working a lot with school and that's fairly creative too, which is lucky. But like, um, it's been really cool to be like, this doesn't have to have an outcome yet because there's no deadline for anything. There's a lot of irony in the fact that like as an artist, usually you're like, man, I could be doing so much more work if I just had more time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then now here we are, you got unlimited time. I don't know. It's helped my creative process because it's allowed me to relax into the fact that I don't finish projects, you know, right away. Mm. It's like, okay, well, this is just a sketch and then I'll come back and I'll do something more. I'll add to it. But I don't know. How, how about you, Dre? Have you been keeping yourself creative at all? Or I have been keeping myself creative, but just like um, I think in the aspect of like I, ha I have so much time, so I do feel the pressure to do something. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not the best at time management. So like I gave myself a pat on the back for finishing like this five page like short film the other day, for a part of this creative collective that Ty and I and Phil are a part of. And so, yeah, I've been trying to write because in this, I'm just like, all right. <clears throat> so acting isn't happening. So what can I do and what yeah. other things am I good at? Because I'm just like, what if I can't get in the theater and act in September or in yeah. like, I don't know, in the next year? What, how will I make money? Yeah. How will I provide for myself? So I am just trying to explore other ways, um, other skills that I have, um, really. But yeah, I've been keeping creative, been writing. I've been spending a lot of time outside. Mm. Um, really, I'm just trying to connect with myself. Honestly, that's I think that's the only way that that'll help me create and be a be an artist, a better artist out of this thing. Because mm -hmm. I've just been so disconnected because I have also had like a busy season of going like project to project to project. And I haven't had any time to process like anything like my personal life. I also went through a breakup. And so, yeah, I'm just sitting down and being like, OK, what yeah. kind of art are we making? Because I feel like I got stuck in this loop of just like making art just to make money and just like kind of losing the passion of it. So I'm just trying to fall in love with stuff again. It's really so I'm watching a lot of Netflix and mm -hmm. everything. It's really interesting because, <laughs> um, you know, we get into, especially as like professional artists, we are working on, you know, collaborative projects so often 
and then now we have this extended period of time where it's like, well, what kind of art are you interested in making? You know, and that's just a, it's a weird space to be in where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, what am I interested in? What do I, you know, what kind of books do I want to read? What kind of art do I want to take in as opposed to what is uh, kind of being demanded of me? Right. So do you guys want to talk about this uh, collective a little bit? Sure. Um, (laughs) I think we're still figuring out what the hell it is. Yeah. So this creative collective is yeah. um, is out of La Heaven and um, Curtis's mind, um, and it's just um, wanting to fill the void of just like oh, there's not enough work being done. We want to work more, but instead of waiting for the work, us creating the work ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a collective where we're just like uh, we're not waiting for people to create roles for us and stories for us, but we're creating them ourselves. And so it's a place where it's just like, if you've ever written anything, if you've ever had an interest in writing anything or doing anything in in film in general, this is a place where you can like come and like cultivate that. Mm. Um, And so out of that, I think when we first got together, it was like, all right, who has a script? Let's pick one script that we could shoot, um, that we plan to shoot. And then we did that. And but also after that, we have also been like challenging ourselves creatively. Um, jazz has um, been coming up with these like one liners that we like base a script off of and so just cool. getting people in the flow of just like writing and I don't know, whatever the hell film is and what you want it to be. Yeah, that's what I got. Tag <laughs> in. Uh, um, so, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I don't know. It's been, it's also a cool thing to do just because it's like, so like, you know, we're actors, like for the most part, everybody in the group are actors, but like, it's also exploring other things. Like I really enjoy writing um, and I really am trying to figure out what, I'm trying to figure out what my brand is Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what my brand of art is. And I feel like I'm getting closer to it, which is like why I'm also kind of taking a step back creativity wise just because I'm trying to fill up my cup because like I I'm a changed person since I've been grinding so like and I didn't realize that I changed until I stopped grinding Mm. um so now I want to like I want to bring that to my artistry too so it's also a cool place to like bring any ideas just like hey I didn't write this shit but like I have this idea about this one thing what do you guys think about it and it's and it's also not like we don't always the things that we're bringing to doesn't always have to be produced and there are some people who are writing things who don't want to produce it through the group they just want like a writer's workshop or feedback which is which is really interesting and it's cool to know that you have like this like hub of people that you can use or work with and you know move however you choose to do so that's awesome so can you tell us a little bit about urban witch project yeah, hopefully we get to do that. Also, I need to like go in and re-edit that. Sorry, now I'm just like, oh, you know, she, you guys. Uh, yeah. So basically, if 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 me and like four friends were witches in Portland, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but basically, and then again, that's me just trying to. So the things that I'm currently into right now is I'm really into spirituality. I'm really into, um, I guess I want to say like magic or just like, mm. or in all of those things that go into magic, but like are also science level and stuff like mm. that. 
but I'm also into like everything that's the late 20 somethings right now. So like music and culture. And I think Portland has a really unique group of artists and just people um, that are like people of color artists and in their late 20 somethings mm -hmm. that are all going through this like specific thing right now because we're all you know we're nearing 30 or we're early 30s and we're like so it's just like the life experiences that come with that and then throw like some magic shit on it and see what happens like mm -hmm. you know what i mean i yeah. very much want to know what life would be like if i could control the wind yeah just yeah. to say i could like and oh, then yeah. just also and then also like i've been i have like this um i've been exploring sisterhood and what sisterhood means to me um, and like, um, I realized that over the last year I've gotten very close and have pretty much bound myself to this, a specific group of women that live in this town. Mm -hmm. Um, and with, in that relationship without having all of the external supernatural stuff coming into or whatever is also magical. Um, it's just the support that I have with these women. And I just wanted to start seeing what like sisterhood would look like you know um just what it would look like what it would look like on like a screen or on on paper and it's like we kind of have that with like insecure and stuff yeah. like that but it's like i'm also thinking about like you know the 90s renaissance with like girlfriends and like stuff like that and i it's just something that i feel like i've been feeling more to see within and within work which is just like black women and magic mm -hmm. i watched a movie it was with Tiffany Haddish, and it was um, like a boss, I think, something like that. I think so, yeah. Have you seen it? I've seen no, uh, I've Flyer. What's, I've seen trailers for what's it. What's so interesting about that movie for me when I was watching it was that it, it takes a very cliche story that you see in kind of like romantic comedies all the time of like two people who – um, you know, have these down and out kind of moments and they're doing this and da, 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 and at the end they discover love, you know, they kind of go down and out. And then at the end of the movie, they rediscover uh, their bond. Um, what's so great about it was that usually you see that plot structured with a, a male and a female and they fall in love. But like a boss did a really good job of is two women who are just friends and the whole movie is just about them discovering their friendship, but it's done in this like com romantic comedy way. So it's not like, it's not like heavy. It's like a fun movie where two women rediscover their sisterhood. And I was like, really, I was like, wow, that's really cool that they were able to make this movie where you can just see two people. And I, and I think that, um, I can't think of the actress's name right now, but I think that they had really good chemistry. And, um, at the end of the thing, I was like, wow, that's cool that, now we can start to see these types of stories where we're really just telling the story of two people who are friends rather than every time we see a movie or romantic comedy has to be about two people falling in love, you know, mm -hmm. against the odds, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I agree that type of work is important. Um, so I have a question. So, you know, we, we all are kind of ended up as artists uh, in the city and I want to know more about how we got here. So at, at what point in your life did you decide to become an artist and more specifically a theater artist. <laughs> that is always such Yeah, like, it's always such like like a loaded question. Um Yeah. And I love to answer it all the time. Um Well, did you do theater in high school? I did. I did do theater in high school. 
it's so interesting that I auditioned. Um, I, I don't know. My very first memory of what theater could have been, or I don't know. In fifth grade, we were acting out the story, and I mm-hmm. just knew I wanted to play the lawyer. I just mm-hmm. knew it. And <laughs> yes. so, like, I, like, got, like, my uncle's, like, stuff from, like, some of his, like, law school. He had, like, gr- just graduated law school. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, but in, um, like, when going to middle school, I auditioned for this magnet program. And I didn't audition for theater. I auditioned for dance hey, and yeah. broadcast journalism. <laughs> and so the dance audition was terrible. I knew nothing about dance. I wasn't <laughs> a dancer. And, yeah, it was just trash. So anyway, I got to high school. Someone was like, oh, you're funny. You should be in theater. I was like, girl, no. And so ninth grade, I didn't do anything. But 10th grade, I did. And it was fun. And so it stuck. But it wasn't until I think like my senior year of high school when my mama was like, you're not playing normal basketball because you're getting distracted. You just need to focus on theater and graduating. I'm like, true. Because I was not the best student. Mm. Um... I just couldn't focus. I until this day that's still a problem of mine. But anyway, um, so um, we made it. We competed in high school. I don't know if y'all did that in high school, like where you like compete. Yeah. Um, but in Florida, it's this like large competition you get to go to in Tampa. Like, Ooh, yeah, it's like the Super Bowl of just like high school theater competitions. And that was the first time I had ever gone. I was like, can I can I say the N word on here? I don't know what is. You can say whatever you want. Okay, (laughs) great. I was like, nigga, like this is it. Like this is. It was just like everybody was just like here. They're like dancing (laughs) in the streets. They're like singing, and I was just like, oh my god. And then I witnessed the opening ceremony, and like I called my dad. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm trying to go to school for. And mind you, it's like April, May. (laughs) Yeah. And like I graduate in like a month, and he's like, uh, all right okay, yeah, let's do it. And so, like, we looked up, like, um, I knew I wanted to go to a historically black college, and mm-hmm. we looked up places like that have a great program, and so that's how I came across FAM. And that was it, but I didn't even know, really know what I could do with theater. I was just like, oh, I just like doing this. It just seemed um, to come easy, and it's just something that just felt, like, very spiritual to me, very healing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, I just wanted that. And I was like, and I could make it, and if I can make a career out of it, then like, sure. Um, so yeah, that's how I got there. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Ty? Honestly, it's kind of like the same story. Um, I moved from New Jersey when I was 14. Um, and so I pretty much moved from South Jersey to South Florida, which are wildly different places. Um, and I wanted some friends. Mm. And I was like, all right, <laughs> like, what could I do? And like, I did theater in high, I mean, in middle school, like on and off, like as an elective, like fun. Um, so I just, I joined the theater program also my sophomore year, but I joined like, so what Dre is referring to is Florida State Thespians. Mm. Um and I was, I wrote out for that shit. I was about it. Like, I did districts. <laughs> I did, I did it all. Like, I, I, every year I did it. And then, like, state, is that what she's talking about? She's talking about state. And any drama nerd in Florida, all you have to say is state. And that's, like, a weekend of just, like, pure awesomeness. And it's just, like, it's the same shit. It's, like, everybody's in the streets and there's teenagers everywhere. But you're also <laughs> watching, like, some amazing shows. Like, some of the best shows I've ever seen comes mm. from this competition in Tampa. 
Um, so yeah, I did that. And then my senior year, um, I was stuck between astronomy and I was stuck between three things, theater, nursing, and astronomy. Um, and I pretty much knew that like I needed, I needed scholarships and shit. So I went with whoever gave me the best money. And then, uh, honestly, uh, my senior year of high school, I was doing all of the competitions and stuff like that. And I started getting scholarships through it. And then they were like, we'll give you more money if you stay in state. Mm. So I was like, okay, tight. So I also did some research and then I came across, uh, I went to Florida state. Um, they just offered me the most money. And then I had got into a program called care. Uh, so that coupled with the scholarships I got, it was just like, cool, I guess we're going to go to college for theater. Um, and I did that and yeah, that's how I ended up. That's how I, I just stayed with it. I just did that. That's awesome. Wait, so here's a question. Do you have any memories of seeing each other at state conference? Honestly, Dre, we've been around each other like uh, consistently yeah. for like the last like ten to eleven years. Probably. Yeah, facts. It <laughs> <laughs> just like, never just like yeah. That's so funny. Because like, it's yeah. high school with theater, and then you went to fam. I went to Florida State, and then yeah. I think I remember seeing maybe Tevin because I was a part of Black Actors Guild for like a hot five minutes. Okay, yeah. Um, because then I started doing other things and blah blah blah, and I got really into performance arts. So I started rocking around. I was always at Railroad Square, so I was always close to FAMU. Yeah. But I was never like, and then and then yeah, we moved here, and then somebody was like. You guys also need to know each other because everybody's from Florida, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> everybody's from Florida, it's so weird. But Florida, Florida, Ohio. Ohio. So, I was, Florida and which, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was and, like and we were like, "Oh my god." Yeah. That's how me and Phil met, too. I mean, we were around each other, didn't really know each other in high school, but we were at the same like area and state conferences for theater stuff growing up in yeah. in high school too. I always Funny. tell the story how um, my unofficial meeting of Clifton was when I saw him in a show at state conference in high school and i was just like i was like wow that guy's a really good actor and and then literally and then literally like two years later i was uh like we were at ou and i was like dude i saw you at a state conference like do a show (laughs) it was cool you know what but there's something about i was i would just want to say that like shout out to state thespian you know what i mean like they're doing the real work yeah, they are. ITS, baby. Yeah. I was just working at a school um, in the fall, and they were part of the ITS, you know, that uh, whole thing. And I was like, yeah, it's it's everywhere, man. <laughs> it's really cool. And, yeah, I mean, most people I know in theater now are involved in that stuff, you know. So ha- here's a question. Ha- since you've come to Portland, do you think that being in Portland as long as we have has – influenced your art in any way or or your process um jay you look like you're still thinking i'm a yeah go on go ahead go uh, ahead yeah i came here for school um and that was a journey (laughs) um so i learned a lot just i just learned i feel like a couple of things like i learned a lot because i was in school so i learned a lot from my process but also i moved here when i was like 22 and i'm now 27 so that's a very pivotal amount of time in a young person's life is mm-hmm. that literally the mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So I had just, I learned a lot about the, the game. I learned a lot about just acting and I learned a lot about myself. Um, I think 
Portland is a great place to, um, there is a big ass fly up in here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's so, I don't have screens on my windows. It's a place, this place is old. So I'm like, what the fuck? Um, I'll get it. I just don't want him to bother Peggy. Um, yeah. So I learned a lot about that. So yeah, I don't know. Portland is a great place. It's like a training ground. I feel like it's good for you to get your, get your stuff together and like learn a lot and then you can milk it. I'm trying to, I'm pretty much going to stay here until the well runs dry and like Phil, you said some shit to me like last year. I don't know. You said some shit that like really where you were like, if you can hustle here as hard as you would in like LA, then like this place could really be beneficial for you. So it's like, um, and I only know how to hustle at one level. So like I don't really know how to hustle at different levels. So like my hustle here, which has just been me constantly grinding and then also trying to figure out how to do that has been really helpful here but um yeah i hope i hope that answer the question like no, my brain great. is like boo, 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 boo. drea how about you um same um i i came to portland to be an apprentice um and that was a, a rough year and um i think um i became a woman in portland because child i ain't never lived outside of the state of florida mm. um and so it was the first time that i felt like truly isolated from my family um and also like my friends and it was just and, and after graduating it, it was hard I like I don't know I graduated after like five and a half years almost six years and so it was just tough and um I learned a lot about vulnerability and the power that it has on stage and that like true artists is, in order to be any type of artist you have to be vulnerable and let people in mm -hmm. because if not why are we watching you and so that is like a huge thing that I learned since being there and just learned a lot about myself. Mm. Um, and, I, and I created a process for myself because before child, I'd learn lines and get on stage and be like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. And so like I created like a process um, of like building characters and that's something that I still struggle with, but I at least like have like the foundation for it now. Mm. Um, and in, and it's just like from working with different artists that I respect in Portland too. I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Yeah, it's really there's a I grew. there's a wealth of uh information here. You know, yeah. like I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I am impressed with the Portland theater community because mm -hmm. there's you know, there's really masters of craft here and it yeah. seems like they're hiding out. You know, it feels like you have to go to New York or Chicago to really become a successful theater artist, but um at at or or to even advance, you know, your training, but what I've learned by being around some of the people here is that there's really a lot of kind of like diamonds that live in these regional communities um that have a lot of experience from big cities mm -hmm. and you don't have to go and like i don't want to say waste your time but you don't have to go and grind at a new york level to get a new york education you know um mm -hmm. now there's definitely some advantages to being in new york but uh being in portland has definitely made my me a better artist and it seems like a lot of people I talk to, they seem like they've grown a lot since they've been here. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. There's, I, I've just, maybe it's just because I just know people my age, but I just feel like there's so many people who, like my age, who like moved here like five years ago, like me, like, it's really interesting. And there was something about that, that like people came here to like, you know, af right, right after school or to study or whatever to like grow their career and it was just interesting to see how many people came and then like st have been sticking around you know uh came from other places because 
it just sounded like a good idea, <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, it's like, there's just a lot going on. And I feel like, um, I, I mean, I know a lot of friends living in larger cities who their main hustle is just like paying rent, you know? And I mean, that's true for anybody, but like they're work. I mean, they're, they're working on art way less because they're so much more overwhelmed with the size of just keeping everything going and just getting lost in such a huge pool. So it's been cool to like find people here who I click with and then can collaborate with. And then there's a space to collaborate and like the infrastructure for collaboration. Um, if you want to put up a show, like you can, if you just, you know, you just figure it out. And um, there's just a, a, a slightly easier access into things, which is really nice. And we like built a... to put more hours in. <laughs> We built a support system too. Like you were saying earlier, you know, how do you come into these ideas like sisterhood? How do you come into these ideas like these concepts other than being in a, a community or a support system that gives you the time and space to, to really experience those things and think about those things and then begin to record those things? And it's not just like the theater community either. It's like also because I'm getting really into the music scene that's here as well. Um, and it's like the neo soul, like uh, feels like this. There's this renaissance with like alt or just like alternative R and B. It's like really kind of taking hold here, like the music mm -hmm. that is happening and like the creative and mm -hmm. it's like the artists here are really good. And what I really want to do is, again, I'm trying to figure out what my art is specifically because I really like writing. I've also gotten really back into poetry um, and it's just I want to create Portland has like this energy about it that it could really create some beautiful shit if we just like pour into it. Yeah. Um, and like really just in like and just go outside of the shit that we've been doing because like we, like we've done writing we've done acting we've done producing so it's like what is it to do beat poetry what is it to like continue to move into this form of production where we cross all of the disciplines and see what we make because we are we are starting to have those interactions with each other and forming that support group mm -hmm. so it's like I really want to like get into other mediums and have us all come together and like figure some shit out that could be really cool yeah well great um so let's take a break hey guys i just wanted to take a second to uh talk about our show sponsors coho is a theater that's located in northwest portland and their mission is to broaden perspectives and cultivate empathy through vibrant and intimate productions if you're looking to get involved with coho or interested in seeing a show uh you can check them out um at 2257 Northwest Raleigh Street in Portland, Oregon, or you can look at their website, which is cohoproductions.org. Our other show sponsor is virtualsonicreality.com, which is a production company that specializes in recording and audio format entertainment, such as podcasts and audio dramas. Uh, feel free to visit the website at virtualsonicreality.com. And now back to the show. It's time for headlines. Mm -hmm. Headlines. <laughs> so headlines is uh, the point in the show where we bring all the topics that we've been saving from the week. Um, a lot of these things come from the internet. Um, and we're going to present them to you. And you just tell us what you think. So uh, the first headline is a Japanese aquarium wants you to FaceTime their eels. Yes, really. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so this article basically is saying that 
animals need love too i guess you know like it's basically saying that they the aquariums because they have nobody coming through them the animals are getting bored and so now they're having people facetime their animals what do you think i I don't know why this has me so tickled. It's the yes, really, because I was like, really? And then that just took me out. That's definitely I'm, a part of I don't of know. This. I have a love-hate relationship with aquariums because it's like I get that they're also saving animals, but also, I don't know, ever since seeing Blackfish, it's my whole mind is just like, we don't need them. Just leave them animals where they at, and it'll be fine. <laughs> we wouldn't have to FaceTime eels if they were in the ocean. Hey. That's <laughs> <laughs> just... But also, yes, animals need love too. So I don't know. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll fucking. I'm gonna FaceTime. <laughs> I see her. What else are we doing? I, I watch the otter cam. If I could sit here and watch the otter and penguin cam in my spare time, then yeah, I'm gonna have some conversations with some eels. Let me FaceTime them. I'm gonna do it. And why is it just the eels? That's you know? weird. I don't. Yeah, I don't They're know. I, know. To I did see though. Um, that uh yeah eels don't need to be looking at people <laughs> maybe, maybe they're, they're depressed looking happy, <laughs> maybe they're like know? the saddest maybe they're not maybe like they just discovered that eels really need human interaction wow, wow. it's groundbreaking funny. new research <laughs> eels need to be on facetime i have been seeing photos though of like them taking uh, animals like around the zoo to meet other animals during quarantine, like they've been like walking the elephant around. There's like some really cute pictures of the elephant, like like smiling at the seal or like, you know, some pretty cute stuff. And so, yeah, how I, I feel similarly, Dre, about keeping animals in captivity for like looking at. Um, but, you know, even though that the institutions do help, but it is, you know, once they're there, you got to keep them happy. And it is cute to see an elephant smile. Wow. We the can earth learn is truly healing. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> No, I think it's gonna take a lot more than this. The Earth is like y'all done <laughs> fucking me up for like. <laughs> Facts. We need to be like in quarantine by thirty years, and then maybe oh. like I don't know. <laughs> you not going outside. We might. Like, we might end up being in quarantine for thirty years. We don't know. I can't. Okay. Don't say that. Don't say that. Just take me out the game. All right. So I got another headline. AI-generated music is getting so scary good, it might be made illegal. Really? I need to hear it to believe it. I need to hear it to believe it. Like, yeah. I need more context. So, so the the headline is a little misleading because it kind of makes you think that music is just getting better. That music made by artificial intelligence is just better music. But the article actually is talking about the fact that AI can take a voice, say Jay Z, and make music in that way. And so, just like make Jay Z music. Yeah, it can sound like Jay Z <laughs> and make music. <laughs> Whoa! And that's why it's going to be made illegal because it's like it's like the deep fake stuff. It's yeah, it's like deep fake stuff. Because what mm. happens is like AI is like, oh, I know what people like, Jay Z. <laughs> Here's Here's 60 new Jay-Z albums. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear that, though. Like, what is, like, AI Jay-Z rapping about? Oh, my goodness. What if it's better than Jay-Z? Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying it's better than Jay-Z. See, now I have to hear it now. Are they, like, writing it, too? Yeah, the AI writes it. But here's the question is, it's 
if you've ever heard like a deep fake, have you ever heard the AI lyrics? That's what I'm saying. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Well, if you ever heard like a deep fake talk, or if you ever heard like an algorithm talk, it's a little nonsensical. You know, it probably sounds like Jay Z's voice, but the words are probably like a little like weird. That's why I want to hear it. I mean, it might be better. I don't know. Please give us an example. I don't. That is the example. This is just an article. This is not. I need you to give your best. You gotta find that. This is an audio format. (laughs) I really wish. I mean, I I wish I had an example to show you. It's, but the idea is that it's deep fake. And that that's what we got, you know. Now, um, I imagine you could go on to the internet and find an example. Uh, okay. I imagine you but I have but I haven't I haven't been able to. <laughs> Kristen's like, do it now. No, that's what I'm I, 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 I need I'm to kidding. hear it now, Phil. I need you to tell I'll me. find it. Um I've got another headline for you. Kind a kind of a headline. It's um more of a, a trend, and I'm curious about how it's going for you all. This a uh, coronavirus trend of like oh dang it i forgot to bring my horn down the the 7 p.m um the 7 p.m making sound for mandatory workers thing does that happen near you does everyone like go off at 7 p.m and like car car horns start going off for like three minutes wait what is this interesting there was some trend i don't know where it started but um i think in like new york um they've been talking about on the read too so i know it's been happening in new york uh where at seven o'clock everyone will like just go outside and make a bunch of noise. And I thought it was just fun to go outside and make a bunch of noise. And then I learned it was for like, you know, mandatory workers and like frontline workers and stuff because like there's a shift change at seven. And so they were doing it by some New York hospital or something. And now like it's, you know, in neighborhoods, wherever. And I actually, just, I was wondering who started it in my neighborhood. And I went on a walk and I found someone who had put this big sign out front of their house that said, make noise at 7 p.m. for mandatory workers. And now I can see how this might get annoying to some people. Um, lots of noise then. But I personally like to go out with a really weird squeaky horn at about 7 o'clock and just like squeak it off like, wake, 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 And just like obnoxious. There's like people across the street that like will like hit the uh, like the panic button on their car and so it'll be like just honking and I'll just be like, honky, 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 honky. <laughs> Like for like two and a half minutes and then I'll okay, I'm good. And um but it's been happening less and I've been like I'll be like taking a nap and then I'll hear it and be like, Meh. and I, I think it's 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 been petering out a bit, but I did see when I was going for a walk like two days ago, a few blocks away, someone had put something out and maybe they're the ones who are really on it. Just no one else been hearing this. So no, I heard that's so interesting. I heard I've that heard they it. started that in Italy. That they were doing oh, the like okay. They were doing the, like, everyone yell out the window thing that we used to do in college for finals. Mm -hmm. And then I think New York kind of, like, evolved it. But there's a guy, so I don't have that, but there is a person who at 8 a.m. in my neighborhood walks down the street carrying a boombox playing classical music. That's his thing. That is beautiful. That's amazing. That is so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, that's so beautiful. You would think so. But it's actually oh, not. I, feels like I hate that shit. It's so <laughs> aggravating. Anything that happens every day that I don't have control over is annoying. I have no control over this. Oh my god. <laughs> what if it was like the Quran or something? Well, that's like that's do. true. I've experienced that where people like the the mosques will do their horn yeah. and the thing. Oh my god, yeah, that's very loud as well. Sounds similar. I have a I, my 8 a.m. alarm these days has just been the radio, uh, the classical radio station 
which is sometimes nice and sometimes not. Yeah. So do you guys get up at a certain time in the morning? Like I, I know you're say, at work I go to time. bed at I go to bed at eight a.m. Y'all, my Woo! sleep schedule is dead. Okay, yeah. I don't have one. I yeah. So like I go to bed like at three, mm-hmm. between three and five a.m. Um, my parents get up pretty early. I mean, my dad is up at five every morning. And like my, both of my parents are working from home, they're teachers. Oh, and yeah. so I'm getting like four hours of sleep and then I'll probably crash like at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Wake up at like nine. Y'all, my, it's, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> my sleep schedule is dead. Ty, do you have to get up earlier when you work yeah. from home or do you get to sleep in? I don't want to. So I should be getting up at my regular time so I can be at work at my scheduled time. That is your so, statement. That's, good that's right, Ty. That's right. <laughs> that's the <real. laughs> For all your coworkers who will hear this episode. That's right. I need to keep I... making this money and my child be dumb out here in these streets. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> That's great. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's plug some things. So if you have anything you want to plug, you want to let our listeners know or point them towards, um, this is the time. Um, yeah, I got a couple of things here. Um, well, yeah, my one of my best friends from growing up, Brendan Joyce, uh, is a poet and has been a poet for as long as I can remember. And he's actually started to gain some internet traction recently. Um, and I definitely would recommend, he just came out with a new book of poetry and he came out with one... Um, he came out with one uh, like several months ago, like maybe six months ago, and it kind of took off recently, and he just came out with a new one. The first one is called Character Limit, and it's a large collection of poems that's all within the Twitter um, character limit. Um, so he like posted it as Twitter uh, on his Twitter page and then released it as a book. And so it's almost like haikus, you know? Um, so his, uh, his, his uh, Twitter handle is at uh, NiceTryOfficer. Um, and uh, his name's Brennan Joyce. He's a uh, like community organizer, uh, big, uh, yeah, he's big into workers' rights. And um, he, his, new, his new book that just came out is called Unemployment Insurance. Um, and uh, it's a collection of poems, uh, both about the pandemic and society in general. He had started writing it already before the pandemic, but um, it all became kind of even more <laughs> prescient as this all happened. So, um, you can find it on gumroad.com or just uh, search his Twitter handle, which is ni- at nice try officer. Um, I, and I've been really digging it. Uh, I, he just came out with a new book. I'm about to buy it. Uh, the other thing is I just listened to an audio book called Stealing Fire, and it was very, very good. Uh, Stealing Fire by, there you go, Stephen Kotler. Stephen Kotler uh, wrote this book. It's really good it's um a little self-helpy but like it it brings together the whole like the idea the different things that we get out of spirituality mystical experiences art action sports and really ties this all together this thing that we're all looking for um and he he points to it as like an essential drive that we have right up there with like food water and shelter is like this this desire to understand more and have this deeper connection and knowledge with the people around us. And so that was, it, it really cracked some things open for me. Um, and uh, I definitely recommend it. If you uh, have the Libby app in Portland on the Portland, uh, the, the Multnomah County libraries, um, you can 
rent that audiobook there for free. So there you go. That's my plugs. Um, this is so silly, but <clears throat> JoJo has an album out. All right. Um, it's called Good to Know. It's out on Spotify and Apple Music and all those great things. And it's great. So if anyone's going through a breakup or just needs to just like feel confident. JoJo made a breakup uh, album? She did. And it's fire. That's really It's funny. so good. I listened um, to uh, Kalani's album last night. And oh, how is it? It's also a breakup album. And it feels, oh, nice. I liked it. I thought it was. Yeah. But JoJo actually be singing out here. Um, oh, she'll, she'll do. She, yeah. This is like a vocal performance. Yes, like mama is it is really? Like, yes, yeah. she's telling a full story. Like, I mean, outside of it being a breakup album, but it's also just like a testament of just like love yourself and don't forget like who you are. So worth is what she's preaching. That's what I'm getting from it. That's awesome. That's what I got. I'm gonna go ahead and plug um, the Vanport Mosaic Festival, which started on May 8th. Is it still going? And wow. it's running. Yeah, and it's gonna run to May 30th. Um, and. Uh, if I were you and you, I wanted to know more about it, I would um, look at the Instagram at Vanport Mosaic, or I would um, type in Vanport Mosaic into uh, Google and it'll pull up a bunch of information. I'm currently getting my information from Instagram. And what's great about being on the Instagram feed is that a lot of the the art pieces and things that are a part of the festival are happening on Instagram. So you can get clips of them or access to them through Instagram. Um, and it looks like even today there's something going on and it looks like there'll, there'll be kind of like poetry readings and talks happening um, up, up until May 30th. So uh, definitely support that and uh, check it out. Um, I feel like I should also... I'm going to piggyback off Phil's too and say the Van Pork Mosaic Festival um, just because Sold is within it as well. So um, Sold is a device piece we came up with last fall. Um, I'm actually not quite sure how it's fitting into this right now. I just know that I've updated a script for it. So I'm excited to see. I won't, I'm not performing or doing anything with it, but um, I'm excited to see what that'll be like. So Sold um and i think it's the economics of the black body is the 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 rest of the title and that's with van court mosaic festival um which is cool um and then i'm gonna just plug my own instagram because i'm trying to be an athletic model i hear you guys start somewhere i need followers <laughs> yeah athletic <laughs> model yeah <laughs> so plug my own instagram follow me at Tyhera, I don't really do anything on there though. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying Start to posting. Now you got an audience. I am. I am. I'm trying to be better about posting. Um, but yeah, so that's it. I am reading a book of poetry too. Tracy K. Smith. She's cool. Her dad worked on the Hubble. It's it's po poetry meets sci-fi in space. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, that's all I got. Oh, I also want to plug my Instagram then. Yeah. Andre at Andrea Verne underscore nice yes, underscore. <laughs> don't leave that underscore out all right well thank you guys so much for coming on the show and talking with us yeah. uh, especially during quarantine i know things are weird right now um we'd love to have you back on soon once we all get back up and running and doing different creative projects so you know keep us in the loop heck yeah thank sure. you
Good to see y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radical Listening. If you have questions or would like to reach out, feel free to reach out to our email, which is radicallisteningpodcast at gmail.com or visit the Coho Theater website for more information. And thanks for listening.